Podcast. Welcome to another episode where we drink some beers, possibly discuss renovations and enthralling septic system changes, definitely say some stupid shit, probably offend half of our listener base, but all in all, keep it loose and fast. Just how I like my timing chains. God, these have been terrible lately. I'm Pete Evans, Grand Rapids, joined by Sam Sly and by Colorado, hanging out with a good dude we've had on here before, Jeff from Paradox Brewing. Hello, and welcome back, Jeff. Hey, hey. Hey, that was, that was pretty good, Pete. I don't know if you listened to my intro that I did last time yet, but... Yours are yours are much better. Can I? Can I? Can I make? <laughs> can you? Can you like re- recreate the intro that you did, or at least the first couple of lines? Uh, yeah. Uh, this is the beer and loving podcast. I have no idea what I'm doing. That's basically the first three <laughs> things I said, <laughs> and then I just introduced myself. That's, good. That's and, disarming. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's like expectations. Boom. Yeah. It's like I've listened to Pete do these intros, <laughs> literally, you know, like thirty something times, and I still can't figure out what. <laughs> what to say so it was pretty good not not to be a stickler Thanks. but there's a uh, paradox brewing in new york so if you could be uh oh. just call us paradox beer company oh, okay yeah all right get it right pete no 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 that's just just to make sure because i don't want to confuse anybody yeah okay, well, so here's where we throw that soundboard idea in jeff from paradox beer company in divide colorado now, now you can just copy and edit that now you're talking <laughs> i'll edit yeah. that back in there that'll be good whatever through the magic of post-production. Nobody even knows who they are, so... Ha-ha! There you go, Paradox. Other Paradox. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Pete, are you drinking anything particular other than that shot of Fireball you mentioned? Oh, yeah, dude, I'm drinking Coors. a boy. Banquet. When, oh, Banquet, okay, you're at least doing uh, the fancy the stuff. Ah, the classic. Yep, yep, yep. Jeff, what did you, what did you end up getting? Because that is radiant as hell. This is our Hop City IPA. Oh, nice, okay. Is that one of the newer? It the is. Beer? It's probably been out for about a month now. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You guys been playing around with more of like the quote unquote clean beers? We have. Uh, the tasting room's kind of given us an opportunity to do that. Yeah. So there's some loggers out there, IPAs, fresher stuff that doesn't hit a barrel. So okay. yeah. Stuff it's you'll cool. only get here, which yeah. kind of gives people that extra incentive to come out and visit us. Make the hike. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the. We were kind of saying this before we officially were on the air, but yeah, the location and the view and stuff's awesome out here in Divide. I mean, you have a real scenic, like, mountainscape to look out, and uh, nothing about, like, you know, you don't have to worry about, like, the other buildings and anything to mess it up, like, in Definitely. cities and stuff. Clean air, good views. There's some plenty of rewards if you yeah. come out. Absolutely. It's definitely colder up here. Yeah, if you can stand the cold, you can go out and play horseshoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm drinking What's Pete. The temperature? Oh, man, I don't know. 40-ish? Maybe 30, 39, 40, yeah. something like that. According to the weather app, it's supposed to peak out at 40. I don't know. Yeah. It's sunny, though, so it's good. Yeah. Pete, uh, this beer I'm having there, uh, oh, shit, was it Screaming Sun? Mm-hmm. Is like a real citrusy, was it a, a golden strong? It's a, or a golden ale? It's sour golden. Sour golden, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's citrusy Ooh, as hell, man. Delicious. I think you would really dig this and it's got a nice little like tart kick to it it's no, got grapefruit right and salt as well in that one. Oh, okay grapefruit and salt like mm-hmm. was it uh peel or did you guys actually like mash peel up and juice pulp? okay both yeah 
Yeah, the uh, citrus on this is fantastico. Yeah. Is the uh, a sour beer in a little bit? It's what? fun to get those flavors out of a sour beer um, post aging, and then just highlight them with yeah. things like adding a little bit of uh, grapefruit juice to it because it's already got that kind of bitter bite, and then you just accent that. So, so is the initial tartness is that from like the culture of the yeast, or did that come yep. from the barrel? From the bacteria okay. that was added uh, yeah. for it to sour out. Yep. Yeah. yep. Okay. That's yeah. I think this is really, really good. Which is, you know, a lactic acid. And so when you add something like grapefruit, you're going to add citric acids. You're going to add a different type of acid, mm. and they complement each other. It's like a pepper blend that has, you know, three or four different kinds of peppercorns. They all kind of complement each other. Yeah, okay. Same thing. That makes sense. Multiple acids. Yeah. That's neat. I, yeah. Uh, actually, I just finished off a homebrew keg last night of a, a porter, like a strong porter I made. And tossed in a blend of peppercorns at the boil. Oh, we talked about this. Yeah, so yeah. you did that. Cool. Yeah, we usually, talked about this. I usually just use like black peppercorn, and this one, like the the King Supers I went to, didn't have like the amounts I wanted of just mm-hmm. black pepper, like the whole kernels. And I got a blend, so it had a blend of pink, white, and black, and it came out a lot more peppery than I expected. But I I liked it. And, Everyone else that's tried it, no one's been like, ew, gross. So I'm going to cool. take that as a, <laughs> yeah. a victory. Well, pour it for people and don't tell them what's in it. And <laughs> oh, yeah. That's have you been doing doing that? Okay. Yeah, I, give I it always to say that's I, a good thing to do. Yeah, I just give it to them and I'm like, here, let me know what you think. And yeah. everyone's been. Does it have heat or is it just like the flavor of pepper? It's it's just the flavor. There's no there's no heat to it or anything like that. Gotcha. It's it's actually really just aromatic of the pepper. It's it's kind of wild. Wasn't there a smoke note to that or something too? You were doing? I thought you were doing smoked something. No. Okay. I'm no, not this beer. time around. Okay. All right. It might be something to consider in the different future. Beer. I'll just yeah. I, I'm just really. I want to do actually now the base porter and see how that because I think the base porter turned out really good. Cool. And it's all been extract stuff. So I'm really hoping I can start getting into like brewing in a bag and doing like some smaller stoves. It's all matches. extract. You're not adding any kind of specialty malts. To... Oh, I mean, I'm doing some specialty okay. malts, but the... I was gonna say I'm, you're getting a porter extract. Yeah. Wow. All right. The the, pro, the 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 fermenting sugars all from just like extracts. So, okay. Yeah, I use you know specialty grains for the color and yeah, some, some body and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's fun that you mentioned pepper because pepper is one of those things I do like in beer. So do I. Yeah. Do you? Okay. I, you know, it's very personal. The things that work in beer for certain people don't work in beer for other people. And I yeah. think there are certain ingredients that, I guess, to me, I would just say to this day, I haven't had them successfully uh, used in a beer. <laughs> so, Keep on trying. Though, yeah. Right? I still try them. You know, I go to some interesting events sometimes, like the um, Beers Made by Walking event, where there's ingredients that you wouldn't normally see. And so it's a chance to try stuff that you wouldn't have had in a beer before. Um, but then I see things, and let's just go ahead and put it out there. For instance, mint. I've okay, never had yeah. a minty beer that I really liked. It always takes me to toothpaste. Okay, yeah. And so that mint just doesn't that work for really me. Disgusting. Yeah, and suddenly you're drinking toothpaste or toothpaste spit or whatever. Rumple mints, man. That's me. I start thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, again. Yeah. yeah. I so, can't drink that shit anymore. So, you know, I'll see a mint beer and. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'll I'll go ahead and get a half ounce and try it. <laughs> just, <laughs> just see if it just works in this case, time. yeah, just in case somebody pulled it off. That's the way I am with uh, with various meats. <laughs> I, I will always eat. Well, like what? Like what? Menu that I've never had, like steak tartare, for instance. My wife and I went to Croatia for our honeymoon, yeah, and like we got fucking sick as shit on the plane ride over from the airplane, airline food. But uh, 
when we landed, like the first meal we went out to, I looked at the menu and I'm like, oh, dude, my stomach hurts so bad. I saw steak tartare and I'm like, I can't not do that. I need to eat raw beef right now. <laughs> After getting over wicked food poisoning, yeah. like, raw beef is going to go. It's the next loop yeah, on the roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why not? How far, yeah. far down this rabbit hole goes. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting you mentioned mint, though. I've had that in a beer once and it was like a watermelon minted saison uh, or something really light. And uh, okay. it, it was really, really subtle. So, like, it was that's how like, I think it would have to be for me. It would have to complement like other flavors. It would have to be subtle, but it seems to take over in most of the beers that I've had yeah. with it. So, no, this one is well, like it's usually like the style of beer that people add mint to. Uh, quite often, they try to do something that's like um, like a thin mint style beer. So it's like a chocolate mint or something, and usually it's going to oh. be on a stout or a porter. Oh, yeah. You okay. Know. Yeah, I have had a mint. There uh, you go. A mint stout, yeah, and that was. That was bad. <laughs> I'm not gonna say who made it because they're my favorite brewery ever, but God. But I'll terrible. see somebody use it on a golden or something and go, okay, all right, you know, we'll give us a let's shot. try that. And uh, no, yeah. no toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, the last time we had you on the show, one, I think you guys were still opening up this location. Um. And you definitely have a lot more... Shit, even from the last time I was here, I don't think... The, is that a grain silo up front now? It is. Yeah, that's is. new too, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so, like, it's been a year? How long have you guys been open now? When was well, that? It was, like, the it end of last January, right? May, I think, oh, is when we opened the tasting room. Okay. But we've been in this location now for over two years. Okay, just, just brewing It was here. a slow transition between the two spots, moving from there to here, yeah. and, and then getting everything up and running, and then kind of figuring out how much space we had left, and we've now pretty much filled it out. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's time to build another building. (laughs) Time to onward and upward. I think so. That's cool. Yeah, so uh, you kind of mentioned earlier that, you know, with, you know, you guys are doing, like, some, like, clean beers and tap room only stuff. Uh, Has that been fun for you, like, to mix it up a little bit? Definitely. Uh, You know, everything else we do is such a slower process and such a weight. Yeah, that, um, having something that you can brew and serve in about ten days is exciting because you can kind of see that come to the idea come to fruition, you know, and the effort come to fruition in just yeah. a few days instead of months and months and months and waiting. You know, it's not quite there yet. And, yeah, you know, delaying that gratification. It's definitely, especially drinking something like a fresh IPA. Yeah, it's right. definitely it's exciting and and part of paradox is keeping us excited, keeping us engaged so that what we make is um, inspired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys want to have fun with it too, you know? Definitely. Right? I mean, especially since, you know, the, the whole like small, like in the, like different batches and stuff. I mean, it's, it must be kind of fun to have something too you can kind of do on a regular basis and, you know, tweak and see, you know, what else can be done. It is. Aspect. Yeah. It's like, Working on a different size graph paper. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, it has smaller squares. Things happen faster. Yes. You know, and and for us, it's it's fun to even flush out ideas on these fresher beers and then take those recipes and use them in a sour beer. Sure. Um, for instance, we have a, a, a Baltic Porter that we're making here. Oh, nice. Uh, that, man, it just screams out for all kinds of, oh, I'd love to have, you know, a little coffee and uh, chocolate and... Uh, maybe be soured out. And so we've tried kind of different versions of it and just played with that recipe because it was so good and we liked it so much when we put it on, on tap here. Yeah. So it's, fantastic. they're definitely, we, you know, we, we get inspired by our own beers, which is even kind of a cool idea, you know? <laughs> yeah. And this definitely. is, these are recipes that 
the guys that started this company, Jeff and Brian, these are recipes they've been working on for uh, two decades. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So this is stuff that's kind of been honed in already, but, um, you know, hasn't been kind of freaked out in the paradox way that we do yeah, things. Sure. And so taking it and putting it on that path, throwing it in a barrel, souring it out, things like that are fun new twists that take these beers in directions they've never gone before. So yeah. it's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. And do you like have to do much with, I guess since you're not aging in barrels, I mean, you probably don't have to do any like of the blending stuff. Like I'm assuming with the stuff you have on barrels, you kind of also do some blending to kind of get that perfect. You mean versus that. what's in, in the fooders? You actually do blend in. So what we'll end up doing is tasting. This will end up being the base of the beer, but okay. it's not the whole batch. So we'll often hmm. blend in, choose other barrels that we like the way they've been aging out. Okay. And that'll kind of be the the salt and pepper to the batch. You know, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. it just needs a little bit of oak. It needs a little bit more funk or whatever. And we can bring in barrels that have that aspect to them. And then it spreads out to the beer. That's awesome. Yeah. So have you guys been able to do a handful of batches now on the fooders? Yeah. We've had those for what, three or four months? Yeah, we've rolled through them. Um, the one in the back just had a batch of cherries in it. Oh, nice. And so that just got emptied out, and cleaning that out was kind of a whole new process <laughs> of cleaning the biggest barrel on earth, Yeah, really? getting all the cherries out of it. But, yeah, it's been fun um, to not only use them as an aging vessel but also ferment in them. Yeah. So we're doing that uh, on this one right over here as well. Right okay. now it's got a sour golden going in it. So have yeah. you kind of got them inoculated then with kind of what and that's you the, want them to be? Completely. Uh, and that's the idea is that we'll always leave a little bit of the beer behind so that it's something that's a rolling, changing oh, population okay. process. And oh, nice. Solera is what they call that. And so that's kind of going to be the concept on all these. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, those things are they're gorgeous. I, they're fun to look at. Agreed. It's a dream come true. It really is. Um, something that we've all been excited about for a while to have in here and the company that makes them, um, these are all ordered custom uh, to size, custom hardware, custom toast, everything oh, we wanted really? on okay. them. And the company that makes them uh, got really busy. There were some articles done about them, and the fooder game is obviously going crazy right now. Yeah. So uh, they kind of told us, like, hey, we're going to get really busy. So did you guys want to go ahead and pull the trigger on that order? And we were like, yeah. And it's a good thing we did because I think their lead time now is, oh, it's at least a couple months, if not longer. Damn. Yeah. All right. Because they have to source the wood and they have to build them and and everything. So, do you yeah. know how long it takes them to like put together one of those things? I don't. I'd love to go actually watch them do it. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. Uh, talked to one of the guys that assembles them online. He and his brother do the assembly, and he was showing me pictures of an even larger one. These are uh, eighteen hundred gallons, so these are okay. sixty barrel. Uh, he was showing me pictures of one that they were doing that was a hundred barrel, so Ooh. that'd be three thousand. Yeah. That's or thirty one hundred, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, so it's it's pretty daunting when you think about the size of the pieces of wood because if you look at you know on one of our barrels here the the stave ends are pretty thin you know you're dealing yeah. with a piece of wood that's maybe only a half inch thick whereas with those it's a very thick stave they're going to be you know two inches sometimes or more oh, wow. thick yeah okay yeah that's a lot so, of built like to last yeah. is the idea yeah multiple uses well yeah and, and, uh, and all that good stuff i like the idea that they'll be around even after i'm not you know that that's gonna it's like a good ship yeah you know definitely. it was built to outlast me you that's, know I never some of the ones that. in belgium are, are you know two three hundred years old already oh, so wow. yeah do they have to do anything like recondition them or like you do there's a lot of servicing you do on them um they can get to a point where they actually kind of need to go in and and scrape the insides and things okay. like that because they'll get 
uh, what's called beer scale on the insides, and and sometimes they do refurb operations on them. A lot of them, the idea is just to keep beer in them all the time, so okay. they don't really do much at all to them. They just kind of empty them, and beer goes right back in within hmm. hours of being emptied every oh, time. Wow. Yeah, oh, that's wild. Yeah, and so they're. I guess the reason I asked if they like have to be reconditioned to like, are is the intent to get like oak and stuff off them? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Then that explains how this... <laughs> the first few uses, absolutely, uh, you are going to get uh, intense oak flavor, actually, because this is fresh oak. This has never okay. been used before. Whereas every other barrel we have in here is something that had a, a spirit in it before yeah. that, and you'll still get some oak out of it. Um, you're not going to get nearly as much as you get out of fresh oak because okay. none of it's been sapped out. Hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. And so the first few batches we're doing in these come out very, very oaky, and that's part of the blending process is that we want to blend it to the right level of, of oak flavor as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because some of our barrels have been used so many times, no oak contribution at all. And that's where these will get. They'll get to the point where really all you're doing is that slow oxygen ingress. Mm -hmm. So it's about the the breathing process that keeps your microbes alive, keeps the beer evolving. But it's not at all about the oak flavor contribution. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, That's wild. Yeah. Whereas a steel vessel is not going to allow that. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's, it's just, that's the difference. Yeah. And I remember when you guys first got these in. And I don't even remember exactly if this was true. Like, were they all, like, plumbed up and stuff, or did you guys still have to get them? No, they came pretty much ready to go. Okay. Um, getting them into position was certainly a challenge. Yeah. You know, we've we've moved in all these steel tanks that we have in here as well, and those were all pretty tough, too. But I think this was even more of a headache and a, you know, concern that we're going to break it or drop it or hit it on something because it's oak. You know? Yeah, yeah. And they're so nice. They're yeah. just so well built that... You don't want to mess them up. Yeah, way, does, so. probably doesn't have quite the same durability as steel would. No, so we want to be real good to them, and they've got their little line of protective tape that shows us not to <laughs> yeah. get too close to them and stuff like that, because we really do want to take care of them and make, make sure they last. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because those things are, I'm assuming they're not cheap. No, major investment. Yeah. Major investment. And yeah. I can see us wanting more and more and more of them, because working with them has been great. And uh, as we up production and we're making more beers, um, having more of them... Um, fermenting in them, aging in them, and everything yeah. is, is been fantastic. For, so, like you as Even a, better than we'd hoped. That's good. So yeah. was there like a, a learning curve with this at all? I mean... Um, we work with uh, BSI, who's the uh, yeast lab right here in Woodland Park. Mm-hmm. And with the experience of our founders and working with the guys at the yeast lab, I, I can't say there's no learning curve, but we've yeah. been incredibly successful with uh even the first few batches that we've done in, in both those and we have a used fooder that um used i hate to use the word used but a seasoned fooder <laughs> yeah, okay. that we got from uh, napa valley that had wine in it for many years um wow. and so this was a french oak built uh in france sent over and used in napa valley and then we got it so you know that already kind of had its own microbes it had its own thing going and even the batches that have been coming out of that which are our new future knowledge line have been spectacular. So we're really excited about, you know, the potential of, you know, even getting in more used fooders like we've gotten these barrels in and doing that as well. So Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Oak why, fermentation, yeah. man. It's it's the past and the future. That that's a good point. It yeah. is. And that's I mean that's actually it's been fun like on on the podcast I've been learning more and more about that. Like I've gained so much knowledge and just appreciation for like what yeast does in the in the process and how much it imparts oh yeah in there and well when they only thought there were three ingredients in beer they had no idea what yeast or bacteria or anything like that was 
they would just put it in that one oak vessel and suddenly it Magically. would ferment and we don't know why, but yeah. it's a little bit tart. Because trust me, they were. Yeah. They didn't know anything about <laughs> yeah. sanitization, uh, and it's uh, it's fermented and it's delicious. We love it. Yeah, and it would probably be something like you know fifty, seventy, a hundred microbes working on that beer to make it what it was. Oh, that's crazy. So they were drinking like fantastic beers back then, and you know that long ago they're probably like this is magic. Clearly, it's just. And and when we're all ordering the same exact yeast strain from the same catalog and making this, it's like, come on, let's get back to that. Let's get back to the days of magic. Yeah. You know, and why does this taste so good? Well, there's a lot of things working on it. A lot of flavors in there are happening. So have you guys done? That's the excitement of paradox, man. To me, it's like, let's harness that, you know, (laughs) get that back to that. Seriously. I'm pretty sure when you were on the show previously, I asked my usual, like, uh, would you rather go back in time and try? ancient beers or go forward in time and i'm of the mindset of like going back and seeing how this stuff was hmm i don't know i don't remember i I don't remember my answer it'd be great if you have my old answer and now i'm going to tell you the exact opposite (laughs) because like right now i'm feeling like i want to taste the future now (laughs) like that's kind of the idea of our our future knowledge beer is kind of that like we want to have this evolving beer where we're taking control and yet we're not, you know, it's like, it's an evolving process. It's microbial. It's nothing we can really truly control. And yet through experience and knowledge, we can kind of push it in the direction we want it to go. We can control the future. Yeah. sure. And that's the idea of that beer is that we're going to evolve that beer into something very complex. Yeah. I am excited for that future. Yeah. So right now we're already on variant three and okay. It's, it's been really, really fun process to see yeah, the beer, sure. uh, not only as it evolves in that tank, but then also as we move it to conditioning. I'll take whatever. Yeah. Surprise me. Uh, it, it's cool to see that it, it evolves then as well. And that's because there are things in it that are part of that evolving process. And we're going to continue to add new Britannomyces strains, new bacterial strains, things like that to kind of keep it moving forward. So. That's awesome. Have you guys uh, toyed with the idea of doing any like spontaneous fermentation stuff? Toyed with it. Oh, you, <laughs> done it? How's Tuesday sound? Uh, Tuesday's a good day. <laughs> yeah. So that's our plan for this coming Tuesday is to fire up our cool ship for the first time. Nice. Um, okay. The company that makes these fooders is super cool because they also make cool ships. Uh, and we bought a 300-gallon cool ship from them, and we built a shed out back. It's not completed yet, so I think our first batch that we're going to do, test batch, kind of figuring things out, we're going to do it right here in the barrel house. Okay. Let things happen here, see how that goes, see what we catch here in the barrel house. And then the plan eventually is to, once that building's finished, to go ahead and line that with some of our favorite barrels so that we're getting that same atmosphere in that in that barn, and then okay. that'll be used as our cool ship, cool shed. Your cool shed. Cool shed. Yeah, there you go. The cool shed. It will be literally the cool <laughs> the shed. The cool shed. So, Oh, that's yeah. awesome then. I I didn't realize you guys had gotten like the cool ship and were taking that step and everything. Yeah. Um, that's slow beer and so and, and old school beer. And so that's yeah. definitely something we wanted to, to get into. Um, we have the time and capacity now to do it. Yeah, it was one thing that we've kind of had to kick down the road a few times that we all want to do. So uh, we're excited to get that going. And it's probably going to be nine months a year before we can even start tasting that beer so oh, wow i didn't yeah. realize it took that long to... it's a really slow process we're gonna do it kind of 
not a hundred percent the you know method goose original way that they do it in Belgium um, or even what's been adapted here in America. We're going to kind of take some of our own liberties and experience and do some things a little different okay. and, and not really do it the same each time either. Um, there are certain ways to use a cool ship that are uh, not done in Belgium and they probably frown on. And okay. I, it's another one of those things that because we're American brewers, I don't feel like we necessarily have to do what everyone else, you know, has done in the past. And yeah, um, we can kind of push what could be the future of beer by doing experimental things with our cool ship. And that's definitely part of the plan. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've always thought like, that's kind of, that's progress in stuff, you know? I mean, I remember when I first joined up with Twitter, people were freaking out over like white IPAs and stuff like that. I'm like, who cares? Black IPAs, white IPAs. So what if it's not the IPA you think it's supposed to be? It's, yeah. it's another beer and it's the closest thing they could think to name it. It's, it's a name. It's not like a legacy or anything yet. I happen to enjoy both those styles, so I'm like, yeah, why not? Progress is cool. Yes, and and for us, progress is even diminishing those style names. So when yeah. somebody does something uh, to blur the lines of style names or even offends people by using a style name, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all for it because I think we should talk about that, and I think beer can be beyond style. I think you can like something, and it's just a dark beer that... Is a little bit tart, and I don't know, has some minerality to it. And do you guys get that barrel character? Like, I, who cares what it is? Yeah, like, yeah. let's just enjoy it. And I, I kind of like label. to get there. And that's why I say things like, you know, with your beer, even make sure people are tasting it without you telling them too much. Don't ruin the experience by saying this is a porter, because then their mind goes, okay, porter. I've had all these porters. I know what a porter's like. It should have yeah. this much body. Should have this level of carbonation. They're gonna already start judging your beer, and they haven't even had it yet. Yeah, that makes so sense. So I'd almost rather just be like, hey, I brewed this beer. I want you to try it. Well, what kind of beer is it? Please just try it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Like, <laughs> once you tell someone a style, they I never really thought about it that way that they do kind of it's start anything comparing it to all their life experiences. Yeah, I remember one uh, one time years ago, I made a black IPA, and uh, I had a friend come over and he tried it, and I didn't tell him what it was, and I just handed it to him, and he just saw that it was dark. He took a sip and just started shaking his head. He's like, "No, something's not right. This isn't right." <laughs> and I explained to him what it was. He's like, "Oh, well, that makes sense. That's really good." Thank you very much. It's like we're all having IPAs. All right. IPA it is. So this one's uh, all Mosaic Hop City. Ooh. Yeah. Mosaic. Yeah. It's a popular hop right now. It is. It's a good one. There are a few that we really like working with, and well, this is definitely one of them. Citra's great. Amarillo's nice. So we Some of the classics. We dabble in all the uh, kind of citrusy, juicy, overripe fruit. This one kind of has a nice... and. It is about a month old in tank now, so it's kind of started to round out, and okay. it's gone to you know kind of peachy apricot for me, which I really like. So I'm, I'm really happy too, yeah. with where it's at. It's bright. Yeah, I like the 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 like mild bitterness too. I mean, I good. I'm a big fan of like bitter IPAs. Yeah. I mean, I I've always said I've always attributed that to growing up in the Midwest, and that you know, Two Hearted basically runs around in rivers over there. So that's uh, why I always say that. But no, I. I think this is a very well... I like the balance of these things, you know? Again, it's about us making something we want to drink. And now after that we take... <laughs> and that's that, what this is. After we took that sensory thing at Big Beers, mm-hmm. like now I I've actually do that with anything I try now. I try to well, hold my hold my breath while I drink it to get like the sensations of it and then exhale and try to get the actual aromas yeah. of it and stuff. And yeah. It's fun to do. I was telling someone else about that and they're like, huh, that works. Yay for big beers. Yeah, that is a fantastic event. Yeah, I think that's becoming my favorite one just because of, like, the sessions and 
Uh, yeah, between between that and even just the quality of beer, the quality of people. I mean, you get some real uh, names in beer there serving the highest quality products that they have, and it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So it's not stuff you can go to the liquor store and get. And that's what's always frustrating to me when I go to a beer fest and I see a bunch of breweries serving stuff. It's like, Yeah, the eh, standards. Come on, guys. That's how I felt like Great American Beer Fest has almost been getting lately. Like a lot of the people that come are just bringing that's how we feel. their standard stuff. That's kind of the part of the problem. Yeah. And I think what it is is uh, more and more specialty side events are where the good beers are going. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so they figure that the frat boy party might as well just have the, uh, yeah, you can have that right there. Yeah. We got lots of that. I'm still, I, I, every time I talk about, uh, GABF, I still have this plan. I haven't been able to go for the past two years. Just, uh, be one year. I, I can't remember why I couldn't go, but last year, that's when Pete got married literally that week. Oh, wow. And so what I want to do is like go explore some of the like tappings and the special events that are going on around the festival because, mm-hmm. I think that's where you're going to find like that's where it's at. Yeah, exactly. That's where the fancy beers are going to be. And what, what's fun to do is kind of just pick your breweries that you like, follow them, look yeah. for their like tap takeover events, their specialty rare beer events, uh, things like that, and find the ones that coincide with JBF. And really, I I think it's a better eighty five dollars spent if it's twenty five here, thirty there, yeah. fifteen here. I mean, I don't want to dog it too much because I know it's a great experience for a lot of people at JBF, yeah. but. I'm definitely a bigger fan of the side events. And, I mean, that's kind of... It's more personal, too, yeah. honestly. And, and that's part of, like, my little experiment, what it'll be, is, like, a ticket costs, what, 85 bucks to the public or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take 85 bucks for, like, three nights and just go see what I can get into, basically. The other thing that happens, and I love to tell people about this, is that there's a huge splash of good beer in the liquor stores. Yes. So companies that don't even distribute in-state, um, we always hold a few things and get them out there at that mm-hmm. time, like... There, there are definitely uh, things on the market then that you wouldn't find normally. And man, if you took that eighty-five bucks and went and spit it at a few good liquor stores, yeah, psh, I'm uh, wearing. I feel my, like you'd be in good shape. I'm wearing my shorts brewing shirt right now, basically, and I always love seeing them like pop up. They in, do in every GABF. Yep. I remember the I moved out here in 2012, right before, like a month before GABF happened. And I was shocked when I went to the liquor store and I saw shorts because... What did we get? We got strawberry shortcake something? Probably some of that. I definitely know they had Nicey Spicy, which is their pepper beer. Which okay. got me into pepper in beer in the first And there was place. one other like kind of like summertime lawnmower kind of beer thing that we got. I don't remember what that I, was. Anyway. I couldn't remember, but I just... At the time, they didn't distribute out the state of Michigan. Wasn't a lot because so I, I know was, they make a lot of beers. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. They have... There's the key some, lime is so good. Do you like that? I do. That one never uh, that one really? never sat well with me I liked for some it. reason. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, but they uh there's a, a chain of of beer bars called the Hopcat mm-hmm. back in Michigan. And they opened one in Detroit a year or two ago and it had like hundred and twenty taps or something ridiculous. Wow. They open their opening weekend they had every single tap filled with a shorts beer. A different one. Because <laughs> That is incredible. That's how they roll. They can wow. just fill as many lines as you need, basically, with their beer. You couldn't even drink all those. No, I know. That's kind of almost... Trying to figure out, like, you'd have to drink a quarter ounce of each or something, like, ridiculous <laughs> yeah. even to make it. Yeah, just get, like, a tiny splash. So, so just... Yep. Well... You guys taste it? Not really. Maybe. Just like the last one. Just got kind of a sensation <laughs> yeah, of it. Yeah, you'd kill your palate yeah, easily. I'd... By beer 60, you'd be done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd be interested if one day if they ever just kind of hold their own, like, beer festival of their own shit. Just, they ought to. Like, you know... They ought to because of how prolific they are. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. And uh, yeah. Good on them for being able to 
do that because man we've made that many beers but they are not here anymore (laughs) (laughs) exactly they have come and gone they are gone yeah some people ask too. They're like, "Yeah, that one that you guys with that ever." We're like, "Well, we'll do it again, yeah. like sort of, but it won't be Probably the won't same." Be. <laughs> but you know, it'll be a new iteration. Exactly. Of it. We'll uh, we'll go for we'll go for some certain aspects. It's it's great that when Paradox started, it was kind of tough pe- to get people on page. You know that we were trying to do that, and yeah. Now I think it's almost a thing in beer where people are just like, "Oh yeah, you know, whatever, one offs, no big deal. Yeah, you make it, you change it, whatever." Yeah, it's like. It's interesting because... People don't seem that mad about it like they were early yeah. on. It's like, well, what if you make a beer and people really like it? It's like, well, Hopefully then they got buy as much of it, it as you can. <laughs> yeah. Hoard it. Well, and, and my, our, you know, our response, it, and it's kind of looking at the wine model, is, well, 95 Vintage, they only made 72 cases of that 95 Vintage Merlot, and once it's sold out, it's sold out. Yeah. 90, 95 happened gone. once, you know? Maybe 98 will be good. Maybe 2000 will be good. I don't know. Yeah. So... I can't predict the future. I just try to. I think that's kind of neat. I think that's yeah. kind of cool to to follow the evolution, to follow the the changes. Well, and I think to me, from a consumer standpoint, a lot of people are more and more they're trying different things instead of finding like a staple beer that they love and like like having a regular. Definitely. Like I haven't had a regular beer until recently, like for a while. Like when I first got here, it was just like, oh, let me try that, let me try that, and you know, there's always special releases coming out and. Yep, you know, visiting breweries and shit. There's always something going on there. Yeah, so, uh, you know, even my like like go tos are like I have a, a swath of about fifteen go tos. You know, it's not even like I have a regular buy. I would agree. So you know, in that sense, then the model just kind of it the works. whole game has changed. Yeah, and I and I think that's what it is. Is I think if you go back, let's even say ten years, the average beer buyer's walk into the liquor store. He already knows that in his mind what he's going to buy. You know, yeah. not only like what brewery he's going to buy from, but what beer he's going to buy. Like mm-hmm. he knows. Yeah. yeah she knows. Yeah. Um, and nowadays I feel like everybody walks in maybe with what they're going to spend. <laughs> yeah. Right. They have a budget. <laughs> I'm looking and, to uh, spend 22, yeah. you know, total. And I'm going to get maybe one bottle of something good and then I'm going to head over to the cans and I'm going to pick up, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever looks good. Ooh, wow. They did Son of Baptist. They're doing a new. You know, I've never had that before. That's yeah. a new. Have you seen that? From I have Epic? seen it. Yeah, I haven't had it yet, but I've definitely yeah, seen it. Yeah, like, oh, I'll try that. Why not? Give Six pack. Shot. I'm in. Yeah, I'm, ten bucks. I'll take a ten dollar ride. Why not? Yeah, you know. And I think that's kind of the way. I wouldn't say necessarily the majority, but um, I think the the growing majority of craft fans yeah. are getting is to yeah. where it's not like they're chasing that one or two flavors. You know, they're like, oh, what's new? What's what's up? Yeah, what's and, looking good. And the reason that's worked for us is because it's constantly new for us. And so we have a fan base that just comes in and says, well, what did Paradox release, you know, this month? What what did they release last month or yeah. whatever? So it's fun to have that interaction with our fans directly because we can follow kind of their reaction to us and to the beers here and then also through Untapped and things like that. And Do you check and, that a lot? Like I, I know some breweries like go and I see what Untapped lot. saying, it's, but... It's kind of fun to look and see kind of how their reaction is to different things that we try because, you know, we don't, we're not set on one thing. Like, for instance, with Future Knowledge, it's evolving. And so we can kind of check on it, you know, up to date of, okay, the new version's out. Let's see how people are feeling about the new version. And it's a little less sour. Oh, I wish it was more sour. It's a little more sour. Oh, it's too sour. You know, like yeah. that's, 
What's interesting, you know, and you don't want to hang yourself on any one person's impression. You got to understand that it's going to be built on that person's experiences with beer, their tastes, yeah. their personal tastes, you know, their their background, their life. And so what we like to do is kind of see it's like we we'll love something and then we'll put it out there and it's exactly the way we want it and we wouldn't change a thing about it and then some people will, you know, it's it's to this or it's to that. Mm-hmm. And that's totally fine. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the subjective nature of it. Like, everyone... I, I feel like if everybody was like, oh, it's great, it's great, then you're just following a hype wave, and it's not real, and that's just not how art works, yeah, you know? Okay. Like, I don't really feel like anything that's, like, real art is going to get 100% positive reaction. Yeah. If you're getting 100% positive reaction, I, I you're kind of wasting your time. Yeah. You're, you're kind of making corporate art. And we know how that ends. It's called macro. <laughs> yeah. Tyler Dern will come smash and, and your well, and your well, sure. And your beer tastes the same every single time. And yeah. that's all you're chasing is repetition and um a kind of a dying crowd. Yeah. So I mean, if you think of how art is perceived in any movie, you know, you got people standing there staring at a wall and being like, Hmm, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that and you know, it, it makes sense with beer. They get the same you know Definitely. same I guess, reaction emotions or whatever. And and things like untapped and just the internet in general and all the avenues that it's allowed people to get their voice out there. You know, it's, you can, you can digest things and then put out your opinion on it, you know? And that's kind of the opportunity that people seize with those, with those applications like, like untapped. And I I think it's great. I actually think it's really good for them to have that chance to be like, here's how I feel. And here's, I think it helps them hone what they like and what they don't like. And, what I would say is make beer. Uh, yeah. You know, to a lot of them, it's like, yeah. this should be more sour or whatever. It's like, please make sour beer, man. Do it up. Yeah. yeah go for it. You got the passion. Absolutely. You do it. Make it, make it a thing. Well, I, I think what people do is they develop a point of view. And, you know, the guys who started this company have developed their point of view on beer. And, and I'm working still to develop my point of view on beer and mm-hmm. and to make sure that that's part of what we do so when we put a beer out there it is in our point of view this is a beer that represents our experience our passion our likes and dislikes and if you don't like it then that's okay because it doesn't resonate with you if you yeah. if you love it and this is the best beer you've ever had which is so cool to hear from people it's the best beer i've ever had that's cool because we put out something that is representative of us mm-hmm. and it resonated with you yeah absolutely. and so we get to make this real connection not we put out something that's middle of the road that we thought would please the crowd. We toned it down. We yeah. did this to make it a little less challenging. And you like it? Oh, cool. Yay. Good yeah. job, middle of the road guy. We sold out. For I don't you. <laughs> really think that means much. I yeah. think making a real connection with somebody and making lasting fans is about truly putting your voice into it. Yeah. And so that's super important to us here. Putting yourself into it. Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, I've always been of that punk rock mindset of, you know, I'm going to do things the way I kind of want to do them because this is how I'm interested in doing things, you know, whether it be our podcast, if I'm making music or if I'm making a video and, you know, when you do get those people like, Hey, that was awesome. You're like, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Because you did it your way. Yeah. Right. I'm making it, I'm making it for me more or less. Doesn't it mean more? Yeah. And that's kind of how it is around here. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's that's a great way (laughs) of getting into it. Yeah. And I, I would say on the uh, on the cool ship, I feel like that's 
going to be part of that is that that's you know somebody handed us the keys to a ferrari and they said keep it under 35 and we were like no do you know what this thing can do <laughs> yeah have you seen it do donuts yeah so that's kind of our plan is you to make a cool ship do donuts is to break the we will be doing donuts in the cool ship <laughs> that'll be guaranteed all right all right that's internet gold I gotta right get there. casters. If we get casters on the feet of it, then that thing is fucking doing donuts. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> that's so I mean, it gets icy enough out here. I'd have no problem. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no just, problem. Just make a little ice yes. rink for it. Oh, man. Well, uh, Pete, should we uh, dive into some of our loaded questions? Let's do it. I'm unofficially just starting to call them those now. That's cool with me. All right. Uh, do you got one uh, lined up? Because I don't know what I'm asking Jeff yet. I am actually... It, was really lazy and i'm just using the two that i used um uh for zach when he was on yeah they'll be fine reloaded okay yeah reloaded. <laughs> yeah. the bad album the- <laughs> <laughs> oh, i was just singing the matrix the bad matrix oh there you go <laughs> even the revolution yeah. i think was the really bad one yeah they got progressively worse after the first one anyway the good news you're now a well-loved house cat the bad news is you're also now plagued by crippling alcohol alcoholism if you stop drinking, you get uh, the DTs, and you will 100% absolutely fucking die if you don't drink alcohol every four hours. At least. I mean, at the most four hours. So, how do you, as a house cat, feed your addiction without your owners, you know, without letting your owners know you're a raging alcoholic? So, you're well-loved, but only because you're a high-functioning alcoholic. If you give away your secret about how bad your alcoholism <laughs> is as this house cat, they're going to throw your ass in the pound. Hmm. I think what I would do is uh, use my all-grain cat food to uh, mix with a little water and spontaneously ferment myself some alcohol. <laughs> you can't do that in four hours. Well, no, no, no. Oh, hmm. No, I could. I don't think I. Oh, so here I have four hours ticking clock right now. Yes. Oh ticking, man. You're a ticking uh, kitty time bomb. Well, I'll right get now. a batch of that going like right away. <laughs> For later. That, okay. All right. That's, uh, that's like there's your, my, that's uh, my first hour. <laughs> now I got three hours left. Um, man, I don't know. So raid the liquor. You're under drink, like you know. Yeah. Or, well, I'd I'd raid the liquor cabinet. I I definitely want to just drink the cheap stuff. Don't want to ma- make anybody mad or anything. Um, Hopefully, get the kids blamed on it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what a cat would want to drink alcoholic. Something I would, I sour think milk. Cats love rum. Really, you think? Just because they're like pirate species of some kind? <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe is there I a relationship? Possibly. Probably. Possibly. I mean, the Vikings had cats. What the fuck do the Vikings drink? Uh, grog. I grog. Think. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, what's the blood that? and green alcohol? What's the ale with no hops in it. The uh, oh, gruit. gruit. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That'd be fun. Some kitty gruit, some kitty litter gruit. That's pretty much what I was trying to make. I don't think uh, I'd be able to get a hold of hops. I don't know. I think I'd have to raid the liquor cabinet or uh, hope that I they left, if you could make left a something sour out. Using some of your cat shit. I'm not saying that you make any beer with cat shit or shit. <laughs> I'm just saying there's bacteria. There's some cultures in there that might. Uh, that yeah, might work well, out. something that's common in in sour beer is to use um, Good Belly or a product that would be like um, what do they call those products? Um, Microflora, um, pro micro like products. Stuff? Yeah, probiotic stuff. Stuff okay. that's going to help your gut, you know, yeah. like Good Belly Mango. For whatever reason, a lot of people use that. We don't, but I've seen people use it and pitch it right into barrels and sour beers with it. Well, there you go. Hmm. So, 
So yes, gut, some, gut bacteria. Yes, some, absolutely will sour a beer. Some good gut. <laughs> some good. Some good kitty so gut you're on, bacteria. You're on the right track there. I just uh, I think you want to be real careful about what ingredients you put in your beer. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's always going to leave flavor behind. Don't want that lingering. Now, now I just want to brew a beer and have cash shit in it. I say go for it. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's I, not my money. It's a nice, it's a nice turn away from the dog shit we usually uh, get talking about, Pete. So there's always shit, though, Sam. There is always shit. I know, but at least we're diversifying the shit. Shit diversity is important in in today's. It sucks that I'm a six year old kid and I always talk about poop. <laughs> I think it's amazing. Doesn't bother me at all. All right, uh, so on a more straightforward, would you rather? Would you rather be stuck alone on a desert island with only Kanye West, but a magic well that produces any beer you want, or be stuck in a utopian society that has amazing, wonderful people, but only macro beer? Kanye. Really? You'll take the Kanye? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can handle Kanye West on Well, I, I guess we never really talked how big the island is, so like... He's not even going to take any of my beer. I bet he doesn't even like good beer. <laughs> I don't not. know. He'll just sit there and talk to I himself the whole time. Yeah. I'd love to see a celebrity actually come out and say, I really like Canteon. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, they all drink stupid vodka and stuff, and, right. you know, they have all these horrible companies, and I just think it'd be cool if somebody came out and... and uh, Support of quality beer. A chance to convert said, Kanye to quality beer. Yeah, I think that's how I'd I'd look at it. I'd be like, dude, this is all we got. Like, let's sit down and drink this Cantillon and you explain why you're crazy. You and... bring up a good point. I I, I want to ask this question. Yeah. What what celebrity do you think, based on their endorsements, would be the best to have with you trapped on a desert island? Like Kanye would have what effing vodka doesn't he? He has so many enemies. Like I would almost be worried to get him on my side because you know. <laughs> you so, yeah, suddenly, yeah, suddenly that. I just earned half a million haters just because <laughs> Kanye said he liked it. So not necessarily Kanye. You're right. I'm trying to think of who would be better. You know, there are pe- certain people who have a major voice in food, and a lot of them have come out and said that they think craft beer is a joke, that macro is going to be around after craft beer is gone, and that really? they drink crappy beer on the regular. Major chefs, oh yeah, lots huh. of them. And it's always a bummer to me. Um, people I respect in other ways have said things about beer that have kind of hurt my feelings, <laughs> so I would I would really appreciate it if somebody who was a, a major voice in beer... Um, I don't know, a Daniel Balud or, or somebody like that came out and said something. I like Action Bronson. I think I'd be cool if he came out and said, uh, I drink quality beer. I, I would like, awesome. I'd yeah. like to try and get Bruce Campbell. Okay, Bruce Campbell. See, I'm thinking food sphere. You're yeah. thinking you're thinking a whole new world, but Bruce is awesome. I've just been watching a lot of Ash vs. Evil Dead, so that's good. first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> and he likes to party, so at least he, Ash does. I don't know just Bruce just really does. anybody who, you know has a voice in in what's going on in art and music and food and all that kind of stuff to come yeah. out and say, you know, hey, there's better beer out there. You guys drink, should try it. Drink better beer. I'm into sour beer now. Something like that to me would be super cool to see a celebrity do or say. That'd be good. Pete, what else you got, man? Okay, I got another one. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I think Jeff, I the good news is you've inherited a magical cabinet that lets you grab any hop strain for brewing, past, present, future, any beer in existence or non-existence, past, present, future as well, any barrel from the past or future or any malt in existence, same rules applies, uh, past, present, future. The bad news is 
every time you grab one of these ingredients or every time you grab beer, um, it produces a huge fucking angry Kodiak bear that stalks you and tries to attack you and kill you for six days in your house. This Didn't see that house. twist coming. <laughs> yeah, Pete's the so, Shyamalan any, of these things. So if you grab like three beers right off the bat, you're going to have three angry Kodiak bears that are going to try to get into your house and kill you. Okay. So how do you, so how do you avoid dying is the first question. How often would you use this fridge or this cabinet, this magical cabinet? And then what is the most creative thing you could think to do with the refrigerator? Like, would you grab a hundred beers just for fucking fun and see a hundred angry Kodiak bears trying to kill you or? Yeah, see, I I kind of like that idea. Is like preparing for the worst and then just really going for it. Preparing for bear like, war. seriously yeah. raid the fridge. Yeah, like create some sort of. Uh, well, I mean, do, if I know their spawn point, <laughs> I think I could <laughs> pretty you. much. Okay, thank you. Yes, I, I love I love that you're using that. Okay. <laughs> exactly what I'm envisioning. There's like an angry fucking Kodiak bear spawn point that if you grab a beer, it spawns there. Yeah. I'm glad we can use this language. Okay. Yeah. So if I know that, then I am certainly going to set up some sort of uh, weapon or cage plus weapon device. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe give the bears a chance to uh, decide not to be evil. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, like... Have, a, have a bear trainer in there that's kind of like deciding whether or not they... Bear trainer. <laughs> whether they're killers or not. Because I want to give these guys a shot. I don't want to just instantly spawn and kill. <laughs> You that fucking is... spawn camper. Exactly. I don't want to get. I don't want to get accused of that. So, yeah. I'm gonna raid you that fridge. Obviously, you know that's gonna happen. So, I think it's all about preparation. You set up properly, and then you take everything you want. Proper prior preparation. Mm-hmm. Throw some bear food in that cage. Give them some time. Let them chill. Let them think about it. <laughs> you have to kill them instantly, but you've got a weapon waiting for them. You can see what their uh, temperament's like first. So how often would you use it if you lived through the first, I don't know, hundred or whatever that you spawn? Well, I think what I would do is set up a barbecue restaurant there and only serve bear barbecue. <laughs> barbecue? <laughs> Known as barbecue, thank you. I think that would be the name of the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and obviously it'd be a brewery, so, you know, brewery, barbecue, restaurant. I think it'd do well. Have just a ton of, like, bear stuff all over the place. You could have them, you know, for the ones that are a little... Uh, just build a brewery out of bears. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, drink out of the bear skulls. You know, there's going to be some that are a little ornery and they're going to have to go down. Yeah, so. our, our flights would come in bear skulls. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> the most fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing this in my head and I kind of want to do this now. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like an artist needs to draw this out. It, yeah. it needs to be rendered. Get us. I wish we had a resident artist that could draw the stupid bear, shit that bear we skull could. brewing. We could probably have. <laughs> we could probably talk to Matt. Matt might be able to Photoshop some of this in. I think you could I come. Imagine a lot of bones. Something ridiculous. Oh yeah, lots of bones. Bear pelts. <laughs> and, bear pelts over all. And the smoke, stools. smoke coming off the barbecue. Sweet, sweet smoke sweet, coming off that barbecue. Sweet barbecue. <laughs> Probably honey. Yeah, you want to use like a honey-based? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a honey-based barbecue sauce. <laughs> I've already, I've already just got... Just rubbing it in the bear's face. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Favorite food, Winnie the Pooh. I've, That's I've already, right. I've already got your slogan. It's your stomach growling. Nice. <laughs> bears growl, right? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, 
Jeff, would you rather? Did we did we sufficiently answer the question, Pete? Or by we did Jeff? Yeah, fuck yeah. Come on, we're, we're, we're killing we're killing him and smoking him, man. We Come talk, on. We talked about spawn points. I figured that pretty much sealed the deal there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's All right. the first criteria for a good good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back to gaming. So, uh, would you rather be stuck in an acid trip for a full month or be hungover for a full month? Ooh, man. I feel like acid trip, you might like actually have some breakthroughs. <laughs> right. I don't think a hangover is going to get you anywhere. No, <laughs> hangover just... is just like pain and regret. Yep, exactly. You need like a ton of boxes and of there's... macaroni and cheese. Yeah, and there's, you know, moments of acid trip that are like, can be weird. I mean, if I'd ever gone on an acid trip, I would know. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, but I feel like there can be moments of realization and breakthroughs and yeah. things that are make it worthwhile. So Makes a month sense. worth? Right. That's, Shoosh. That's, that's, that's he might become thing. Elon Musk or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That could so explain. You, you never clarified on this. And yeah. I've actually been thinking about this. How much acid, like what are the degrees of the trip that you're taking and what are the degrees of hangover because i mean is, if, is it like i drank two-fifths of rumplements last night and i'm like dry heaving all day every day or is it like i had a six-pack of like seven-point beer since you're putting me on the spot i'm gonna go full-blown for both of them yeah i'd go hard full, hard blown acid trip or yeah. full-blown hangover out of control mel- melting walls versus dry <laughs> heaves yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, oh, dude, I would always go acid. Trip. Well, yeah, man. <laughs> just hold <laughs> dude, on to your couch. Just worst. hang out on the couch and <laughs> go for just it. Just open your mind. Yeah. Just watch Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Seriously, you're going to invent something. It may be useless, but you will invent something. <laughs> Actually, I, th- this did remind me on uh, on the last show, uh, the guys at Ursula did ask for clarification on how str- what the acid trip was like. And I was like, it's like being in that, that golf shoe scene in Fear and Loathing with all the lizards for 30 days straight. Awesome. So okay. <laughs> yes, please. Perfect. It'd make all my clothes cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to see dinosaurs talking on phones. Man. Totally. Who wouldn't? Without having to watch that old show, oh, Dinosaurs. Oh, God, that show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, spawn points. Who knew? Yeah. For bears. <laughs> Well, Jeff, man, thanks for uh, joining us again and everything. Appreciate having you back on. And, Always good, man. And uh, sharing your fine your fine creations here. We love making beer. We love talking beer. I love drinking beer. This is what we do. So I think that's a it's a good way to work it out. Good. So um, do you know off the top of your head, like, social media stuff for people to find you guys uh, in the world? ParadoxBeerCompany.com. Um, and then... Probably the most up-to-date stuff is going to be just our Facebook, just to go find us at Paradox Beer. Okay. Um, right on. Pretty much keep all our new release stuff up to date. One of the things we're excited about coming up is that we're doing a beer dinner. All right. So Excellent. keep an eye out for that. Sweet. Well, good. Well, thanks again, man. Tell Lee I said hi, and uh, congratulations on her, her performance. Thank you, thank you. And tell your folks I said hi. Will do. Because I'm pretty sure last time I talked to my corner at your wedding really hammered, so. <laughs> We're going to edit all these niceties out, because, you know, he's got to keep his character going. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, can't, I can't be perceived as nice. <laughs> that's, that's just going to get all I do. It's too much, too much. All right, man. Take all it right, easy, I'm going to go uh, listen to some fake orgasm. See you guys. <laughs> right on, Pete. <laughs> See ya.